0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sloppy Lab. This is Bottom of the Beaker, the weekly show about the design, ducks, and strategy of Keyforge. Everybody, and I mean everybody's favorite unique deck game. I'm JT Russell and with me tonight is the man who says that when he goes to his LGS to play Sealed, he brings 3,457 decks and then picks the very best one to play that evening.
1: Uh, I do have a tendency to open some pretty good stuff in Sealed, um, especially at KFC last November. I was mm-hmm. I was a fortunate one. I opened a good one and uh, had some good results. So yeah, outside of Sealed, I can't open good ones. So maybe there's something to your theory there.
0: I was going to say, I think that I categorically open better decks than you do outside of Sealed. That's true. Yes, that's outside objectively true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm not going to let that sway me you know um we have a lot of stuff to dig through tonight i am really excited to talk about this uh you sent out a lot of surveys uh we got almost 100 responses have some very interesting data to share tonight um not just about sealed but kind of just about the game in general and in the player base uh, at least that we interact with
0: totally so there's been a lot of talk about formats for the game There was recently also um uh, announcement from Ghost Galaxy about the formats for the upcoming organized play season, um, and uh, I will, you know, we had, we were thinking prior to that, like, hey, well, let's let's send out some feelers and see where people's heads are at with regards to what they want to see playing, and then the announcement came up and we're like, well, is this still relevant? And then the discussions about the announcements were happening, we're like, yeah, it's still relevant. <laughs> let's 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 do it. Uh, so yeah, we sent out a whole bunch of surveys uh, that. Uh, two days ago, a day and a half ago. Um, so I've seen a bunch of responses so far. So awesome. Thank you so much to the folks who have done so. I'm going to leave those surveys open. I'll put a link in the show notes. Like like actually for real, there'll be a link <laughs> in the show notes. Uh, and we'll put a, a link in the chat here too for the folks who are with us live in case you haven't done it already. Um, but yeah, love to get those opinions. Um, and it's been really interesting, interesting to dig through so far already, so far already. Yeah.
1: And we don't want to step on anyone else's toes because there were actually a lot of people that put out polls and surveys the last few days ever since the announcement came on Friday. Did not mean to step on anyone's toes. We asked a few extra questions and we compiled a lot of the data that we're going to go through tonight. Um, That'll be like the first half of this one tonight. We'll go through that information and data. Uh, And then the second part is really like where we started with this idea. Uh, You started with this idea of kind of looking at data and analyzing it for sealed pick one of three versus sealed alliance. And so you compiled some statistics based on random samples from DOK. And um, we'll look at that. It's not a perfect metric, but we're going to look at like the SAS and the ARC uh, of that and kind of have some very surprising results that you got from that.
0: So we'll yeah, without, that in without getting into it now, I was, I was very surprised um, by what we found and yeah, well, we're just going to let, 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 let that be a teaser tickler. Um, yeah. Don't uh, want to miss the second half of this one. I <laughs> don't miss the second after this one. And yeah, welcome, folks in the chat. A Azoch, A Zock, A Dataforce, Stream, A Murph, B Hawk. Why don't you Why don't you come in in, uh, in chat? Uh, although, oh man, we should we should have we should get B Hawk in here because uh, well, we'll talk about our own biases. B Hawk would have been a good balancing presence too. <laughs> True.
1: Maybe we don't need a balancing presence this evening, though.
0: Uh, Perhaps if
1: we Perhaps acknowledge our decided. biases first, if we let everyone know up front where we stand, how we answered this survey. I feel like you know you understand where we're coming from. We're not trying to hide that. Uh, but to me, there's a lot of very clear results that I got from this data. But for me personally, just to acknowledge where I'm coming from, I am definitely an Archon and traditional sealed player. And we're going to define traditional sealed for you here like we did in the survey as well. Um, traditional sealed, when we say that throughout this show, we are referring to the open three decks, pick one version of sealed. As opposed to sealed alliance which as you all know is open three decks make an alliance and then play that deck and tweak it as as you as you want throughout the day um so when we say traditional sealed that's what we're referring to me personally i am very much a traditional sealed player i am an archon player i am not an alliance fan uh so i'll I'll just get that out of the way from the start
0: yeah no i i mean i'm i follow follow that pretty similarly, uh just so folks are just so folks are clear. Uh yeah, not trying to hide it when we present any of the information here. Um and tried to present everything as fairly as we could, put together the experiments as fairly as we could. Um and uh I don't know. There it's it's a really interesting topic, you know, what folks folks's preferences are and why those those are their preferences. And I think we could spend a whole episode just digging into, you know, where some of that comes from. Um I uh I know that for me, Keyforge is very much a lifestyle game, and as a result, or that, or, or you know, because of that—not as a result of it—but you know, with that being my relationship to the game, I spend most of my time interacting with Keyforge when I'm not actually playing it, and that's when the, the distinction between you know alliance versus not alliance really comes into play, and you know, we can talk about the impact on on sealed for alliance versus non-alliance too, um, which is a little bit different, but nuanced but yeah that's that's my preference i certainly we certainly still love you and appreciate you if you are alliances fans but that just happens to be where our preferences lie
1: yeah i was going to say the same thing this is no shade intended at any alliance lovers like the man that just joined (laughs) us in the room one and only Beehawk. um so yeah no shade intended at any alliance fans out there this is not intended to be bashing alliance or any players that like it we are just trying to look at the information that was given to us, and there's some pretty clear indicators that I don't think B-Hawk's seen it yet.
0: I don't know that he has. Speaking of b look who just look who just walked into the lab. I have no idea if the audio levels are gonna be all right, but they are keeping it sloppy. Welcome, we who's just adjusting your video for the folks who are uh, with us on stream. How you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you guys? I am
0: great. I am super happy that you hopped in too, because I think yeah, uh, you'll be so. a good a good well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you for you, to like tell us where you fall on the like preferences, uh, formats and such.
2: Well, uh I I think I'm biased in that um I think of a certain set mostly and I think Sealed Alliance is the way to go for it. I'm speaking about Winds of Exchange. Mm-hmm. But traditionally I have been a fan of traditional sealed where you get three decks and you pick one to play for the event. Gotcha. Okay. So
0: you think for uh, Winds of Exchange, particularly, it makes more sense. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Right on.
1: We, we can <laughs> dig into that more with some of the Sazenarch stuff. because You and I talked about this a little bit earlier, and I, I see where you're coming from. And we can dig into that in the second half, I think. Um, mm-hmm. The first half, though, as we said, we want to kind of go through this data Uh and for the listeners in the podcast, we will try to illustrate this the best we can for the people watching live on Twitch or on YouTube. Uh, you will see the pie charts that are in front of us. Um, so where do we start with this? So there's there were 93 responses. Uh we had a fairly decent mix of players from different backgrounds, different areas of the world, uh, but we still saw a pretty clear preference uh, across everything for like Archon traditional sealed uh and there was a bit more of a divide between like traditional versus sealed alliance uh but we i know as i go through this like there was not really like any outliers that caught my eye there was no stark difference between north america and the rest of the world there was not really a stark difference between players that started in coda and players that started in woe it's still kind of like held up pretty close to the 2 to 1 ratio that we've been seeing lately of Players in favor of traditional, uh, traditional sealed over sealed alliance, about two
0: to one. Yeah, and in places where we've seen these, I mean, I've seen polls on the on the Nordic server, um, you know, in the Timeshaper's Sanctimonious Timeshaper server, uh, supposedly on the uh, Keyforge France the AFK server, there there may have been a poll that favored uh, that may have been fo- favored um, alliance sealed alliance um, smaller numbers on the poll than some of the others. Uh, but still interesting to note. And, and if you're listening to this AFK folks, and you're like, yeah, sealed lines is my jam. Grab the, grab the link to the survey that we sent out and make sure that you're like represented in the day that we got here. Cause we're going to tabulate it all and put it together uh, after the, for folks to look through after the show too. Cause it's only, again, this has only been up for a couple of days. If you happen to, you know, uh, have seen it, then you took it. Uh, hopefully we've got a representative sample so far, but yeah, this is what we've got.
1: You know, did you get a chance to see any of this? I don't know if you had the link before the show or not.
2: Uh, I did not get a chance to see this. I just uh, saw some of the Excel spreadsheet stuff after the fact. Okay. But
1: uh, okay. Yeah. So to run through the rest of this, so we we mentioned that there's about a two to one preference across all the respondents for sealed alliance. Sorry, for traditional sealed over sealed alliance. Um, it was about three quarters in favor of archon over sealed alliance, which mm-hmm. like just when and now I guess for a little bit more context. The way you presented these questions was pick one of these two formats, and only one of these two. And if you can only pick one, which would you prefer to play at a Vault Tour or KFC Premier Event? And so that's what these responses are for. So it's seventy-four percent Archon over Sealed Alliance, eighty-nine mm-hmm. percent um, of Sealed Alliance over Alliance. So only eleven percent oh. or so liked Alliance. Fifty-two uh, percent prefer Archon over traditional Sealed, and this is a really pretty close even split like 50 50 between traditional sealed and archon slight edge to archon that's the only real like close close race yeah. we had here um and then real quick for just for the rest of them uh 88 percent prefer traditional sealed over alliance 95 percent prefer archon over alliance 68 um percent re- uh, attended a premier event last year and so I- I'll, I'll stop there there's some some more um like demographic questions after this but like that's pretty much the gist of, of the responses like one versus one of these formats um and we can just clearly see that there's a strong preference for not alliance
0: formats mm-hmm. yeah and again this the, the question was sort of phrased in a way that asked hey you're going to a big event you've got to pick one of the two events to play which one are you going to play um so we're kind of getting a, a rank rank preference a little bit but also like given the choices between these two. Yeah. Which is your preference. And I think that's important, uh, because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the data that we sort of have so far, um, well, one, we don't have traditional sealed data compared to, uh, as, a uh, you know, any, any data, uh, attendance, any attendance data that, uh, tells us whether folks prefer going to say traditional sealed versus, uh, sealed alliance or, um, or really, what their preference is for traditional sealed relative to any of the other format offerings. Um, uh, because our, our only kind of representative format for sealed has been sealed Alliance. So we see folks playing sealed Alliance and say, Oh gosh, like, this is what folks want. And, and then, you know, the question is, is, is that because this is the seal that they can get or because this is the seal that they prefer? Yeah. Uh, and I think, I don't know the, the numbers so far here seem to suggest, uh, uh, they do uh, folks really are excited about sealed, though there is a strong pre- preference for traditional sealed over seal alliance, which was interesting, although maybe maybe not interesting i uh, I kind of expected that uh, but the survey i mean one of the reasons that we wanted to send this out in the first place was, gosh, the circles that I run in it sounds like there are folks who want to be playing traditional sealed as opposed to sealed alliance. Is that just the circles that I happen to be running? running in or or is that kind of a wider preference and again you might say that well the people who answer the survey are the people in those circles uh that that could be fair and we'll we'll definitely be updating the results and hopefully getting wider audience too but
2: yeah yeah. i mean this it kind of reminds me of like when i first went to kfc like not 2023 but 2022 kfc i recall um them having sealed alliance versus sealed like one deck. Um, and, and I recall like the flocks of people just going to three deck sealed. And it seemed to me that it wasn't that it was Alliance that they were excited about. It's about getting three decks hmm. is what I felt from by and large. And I, it didn't really feel like it was communicated very well that you could do, hey, whatever you do for this event, there's a second damper, the second chance event that you would just do the opposite event so you'll end up leaving with the same amount of decks if you do both events but um it just seemed like people were excited to get three decks and try and no matter what it felt better than getting one deck and just whatever your chances were for that which for a lot of people feels awful when it's one deck
1: Mm -hmm. And we can get to that in a bit later too. That's another good teaser for some of the data that we have in the second half. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's partially that, like you talk about your two options at KFC one were Alliance, sealed Alliance for three decks and sealed solo, like a single deck. And that's not really like the most fair comparison because in the past at vault tours and, and premier events, players had the option of, well, they had, you know, they played three deck sealed. And so, it's like creating a false equivalence to say like, oh, well, look, like they preferred Alliance over one deck sealed, Therefore, they prefer Alliance, right? Uh, and so, I don't know, It kind of, that's surprising to me that they didn't offer the traditional seal, as we refer to it. At KFC. Right.
0: Well, I I don't know. I think there is probably just a, a if I'm putting on my, my um, I don't know, C- CTP hat, you know, my Ghost Galaxy hat. I I'm guessing that there's a belief that sealed or Alliance generally is going to be thing that, a thing that drives the game into a new tier of like new tier of attendance. Like maybe, you know, if we're going to 10 X the game in the next five years and that's our goal, well, maybe the, the one tenth of our, of our eventual population. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't mind if half of them are aren't such big fans of Alliance and you think that, uh, you can, you know, attract a whole bunch more folks with this other thing. I don't know. It, so, it's interesting let, to me, but yeah,
1: yeah. Let me let me take that segue now to like talk about the demographics of the responses, because as DataForge Stream points out, there is some audience bias, and that's absolutely true. Fully mm-hmm. acknowledge that. So, of our uh, responses, 68% attended a premier event last year uh, in 2023. 65% started playing KeyForge during Coda, so they're old school players, and uh, 73% are from North America. Um, 22% from Europe. But what this tells me is that, you know, you have a lot of players who responded who went to a Vault Tour last year. You have a lot of players who responded who have been playing this game since its inception. And these are the diehard players. These are the ones that are still willing to travel, that are still, uh, you know, playing this game after four or five years. They're the ones that responded to this. So it's logical that they're the ones that prefer Archon, they prefer traditional, fully acknowledge that. And so I, I would love to get more data from people that you know fall outside of that diehard circle, but um, we don't we don't have that obviously, and we have to go by what we have. And it's I don't know it it makes me ask the question: Who is the target audience for Ghost Galaxy's Keyforge? Because these are the only ones that we can find. They're all over Discord. They're on Reddit. They're on Facebook. Like we've seen these same kind of poll results. So like, who is the target audience? And if you're talking about a future world. Uh, ghost Galaxy, jt, where you know alliance is what grows the game to the next level. Like why not, you know bring this game back for the diehards that have supported it and been here before you take that leap to say like alliance is what could bring this to the next level?
0: yeah, I mean the flip side to that too is the our poll or our polls here, our results here may be representative of that that highly enfranchised group primarily, um, but those are also your ambassadors for the game, right? Those are the people who are going to be driving your uh, your local scenes and, re- and reviving them. though are going to be the people who are, you know, saying like, "Yeah, like let's get let's make this happen every week." I'm going to keep showing up even if it's only one or two until we get to that, you know, eight to twelve range that can be firing consistently. Um, so there's a, I don't know it's a little bit of both. I don't know. There's a chicken and the egg thing happening there, and we know we know you know a thing or two about chickens. Quick draw. <laughs>
1: I know a couple things. I know they're afraid of hawks. <laughs>
0: A <laughs> hawks or B hawks, all hawks. <laughs>
1: okay. uh, all hawks makes sense. Yeah. B hawks, do you have any? As as someone who has favored tilted alliance more than probably the rest of our team, like how does this make you feel as far as like the target audience and what they were trying to do with alliance when they brought it in?
2: To me, in retrospect, I think alliance felt like a. side event uh uh an extra quirk of a format kind of like adaptive or or any other fan-made format we've come up with and i know alliance was like a fan-made format well it feels like it because my group had events specifically called alliance back in 2019 where we did this exact same concept when only coda and just aoa was coming out so like it it really is Something that I was surprised got fully endorsed by Ghost Galaxy and so I just jumped in a hundred percent into it and my whole like local scene was like, Oh yo, cool. We like we did this first. And I I'm, I'm sure we weren't the very first. I'm sure there were others. I'm not saying we're the first. No, but... just,
1: let's run with that. You were the first, man. You were yeah, there.
2: Yeah. But it, it <laughs> feels kinda like a baby of mine. Like I, I wanted to see this succeed because I felt like it was good for the game. It felt like KeyForge. It still feels like KeyForge, and it's mm-hmm. not enough of a deck building process where it feels like, oh god, I just picked up Magic: The Gathering. Doesn't feel like that. It's not that bad. It it's is not, making it, it, no. It's
1: yeah. It's not so, that bad, but it's still like to me. I got into KeyForge because it didn't have deck building, and I come from a CCG background. And when I started to like play Sealed Alliance or just think about Alliance in general, it was just brain burning. And when you have 30 minutes before a vault to make your Alliance, I did not enjoy that process. I, it was stressful. I didn't feel like I had enough time to make a good decision. And uh, more often, I, I should have gone with a single deck more
2: often than I did. And mm. that's totally fair. Um, I, I feel that. And I also know like I come, like when I did Magic, my favorite format was limited, which is like sealed drafting. Like I love those situations of like under pressure, having to do deck building or, or crafting your pool to optimize it in some way. Like I think that's a really fun thing that I was kind of missing after leaving magic and coming to KeyForge. So I kind of see why there could be some appeal, especially for like magic players, to see KeyForge as a true alternative. And there's a massive magic base. Like, I just, there, there's so many, they always have Friday Night Magic happening. So to mm-hmm. me, it makes sense that why Keyforge would try and capitalize on, on players like that. But mm-hmm. I also know I came to Keyforge because Keyforge already felt like the best of it being limited because it's, you get one deck and you have to make your pool of cards work for you. And I think about like other things like Commander, where like decks have names, decks have, experiences that you're feeling when you're playing them and that's exactly what keyforge decks are and and edh like commander for magic once a deck is built it pretty much stays the same it stays pretty stationary it's been solved but every play you have with that deck is unique and different and fun i was finding a lot of those same things with keyforge and a ten dollar package and i was like i'm sold like so i think keyforge already has those aspects that's appealing to magic players they're just behind this veil of like, oh, well, yeah, there's no deck building. And players first go, oh, there's no deck building before going, oh, there's no deck building. Like there's so much opportunity to optimize your pool in key Keyforge, to optimize what you're given that um, I think some players just um, don't quite go that, that one extra step to, to look at it, to really see it as an alternative game. And I think there's a bit of mixed messaging on Alliance being the solve for that yeah Um, i I
1: think when you talk about you know trying to bring players in from another deck building game and they realize there's no deck building in keyforge the first thing that i've always heard historically is like well it must just be pay to win you just find the best deck and you have it and you're good and we all know that's not the case like there are very very few decks that can win consistently but they they do it because of the player skill you know like i can't buy Jacques or fraud For many reasons, but even if I did, I would not necessarily be able to go in there and win like Nova and Dr. Sheep have done with those decks. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not the deck. And I think that's the kind of stigma that this game I think has fought. And I think they Ghost Galaxy should try to think of a way to fight that stigma that is not just, you know, Alliance. Because I think Alliance is in search of this, you know, Alliance implies that the game of Keyforge did not have enough agency to begin with. And I think, like, for me personally, as someone who has loved this game since the start, it's a little bit insulting because I think this game has, I, we've talked about it on the show before, a very good balance of luck, skill, and deck. And mm-hmm. I think to say that Keyforge needed more agency is to say that it was too close to Candyland and you want to bring it closer to go. Like, that's the scale that I always kind of think of when I think about, like, some agency or no agency and full agency right and i i just don't think it needed that and so that that desire for ghost galaxy to inject agency into the game was based on that and i reject that premise
2: i mean i i remember traveling to big events and i know there were some players that felt like their luck just didn't come due because they were very good players and the the event they traveled to they didn't place very well but then you look at like the sealed events that happened, and you notice, oh, there's a trend of like good players, no matter what they're given, are placing pretty well, which implies yep. they have enough agency, yep. maybe not to win it, but to beat maybe half the field just on sheer skill alone. And and but I do think it's a far cry to think that like one deck sealed is the way to go. Like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. pay all this money and feel like, oh, I'm just going to get one deck and this is it. Everyone knows you open the one deck and you're counting on, it's a crap. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could open yep. three bad decks. You could. But the odds are a lot slimmer. It feels like at least you have a choice. Uh, but one thing I will say about Alliance is, like I like the ability for you to change your deck in between rounds. That's one thing I feel like getting your three decks and picking one to play for the rest of the event I feel like if you could choose your deck each round it'd be way better like I think even just that little step of sealed of having agency between games could help I know some people won't use it I know a lot of people will just sleeve up the one deck and stick with it but one of my favorite things that I did is I would sleeve up two or even three decks like out of my sealed pool and like well in between games I might swap to my other deck because you're your pool is your pool it's your sideboard so like i just Mm -hmm. think those like decisions are where you can have more agency and i think they really like let the reins loose on sealed alliance so like let's dial dial it back a little bit and give players some agency give give them some things they can do that make them feel like they're making more decisions and not just the initial one of choosing the deck because everyone will regret if they Oh man, I should have played this one because this one, I was I was thinking maybe this one, and then but I wanted to try this deck, and then you get floored, and you're like, well, now I'm stuck with it, and that can kind of feel kind of bad. And that's one thing where I think the Alliance format they have now is better because you can swap things in. Um, so that's cool, um, but I think by and large the way that Alliance has divided the community is bad. I think that it's really hard and it's really harsh and that's it's something where like i I've, I've literally when they first announced it we've seen kickback from the community it's been really hard to see
1: it it's been hard to parse like who is the vocal minority or majority because like you said like it divided the community right away and you had very strong opinions coming out of that and i think ghost galaxy has struggled to find out like what the larger player base really does want
2: yeah and and i mean i'm still fascinated by the formats that we're developing and i think because of alliance like we have a a format like keymander out now which is alliance 2.0 six pod alliance still three houses and i think it's amazing i think it's so fun it's so cool and uh i i think that it really opened the door and i think already people being familiar with what alliance was allowed it to continue and like be a successful fan-made format. I think if Alliance hadn't been endorsed by Ghost Galaxy at all, I think that format would have been dead on arrival. Hmm. So I, I, I think that despite its pain, despite the things that we're, we're talking about and, and the rift that it's caused, I do think that it's caused more growth in the game overall. And I, I do think that it's caused players definitely to be more opinionated about what they think Keyforge is, which controversy is always good. You know, bad publicity is still publicity, sort of thing. So, um I I just think um though for premiere events, we I think we got to take the deck building back out of Keyforge. And and I think giving it back to the players, the reason why a lot of us got into the game, one of them was the lack of deck building and i i i will say i'll stay here if there's deck building but i'd prefer it if it didn't and that's after a year of me like in fully endorsing alliance loving alliance and then being like you know what i think i just kind of miss archon there is <laughs> a grind associated with alliance of finding that perfect pod and sealed alliance is not as much of an affront because it's like you literally have your three decks to choose from so it's yeah you have that pressure cook of 30 minutes but i think for the complexity that it causes for so many other people i think it's it's gotta go
0: well that's a and that's a great point and to bring it back to the the sealed specifically i there's no arguing that you're adding an extra decision point right you are now testing somebody on their ability to construct a deck from uh, six pods nine pods what have you and that is a skill testing moment absolutely 100 percent now whether or not it's the sort of skill test that you signed up for initially is a different question, but absolutely it is skill testing. Um, is it worth or are the things that we're getting from Alliance worth the loss of the like purity of the game? And when I say purity, I mean, more like more simplicity, right? Like, hey, Hey guys, like you get a deck, it's a unique thing. You open it and play like that has like a punch. It's easy to explain. You sit down a new person to explain the game to them. You bring them to your LGS. It's like it's super simple, right? Uh, versus, I, I I don't know. I think I think like, hey, come and play for your first time. We're doing sealed alliance is a little bit of a tougher sell. Um, now I say that, of course, having like never tried to bring anybody into my LGS and like teach them sealed alliance, but that's that's kind of like my like very biased opinion. I I mean <laughs>
2: I'll tell you, having run events and been a part of like the local scene, we have never tried to do a sealed alliance event. Yeah. And we've, mm-hmm. like, thought about yeah. it, and we just, like, it's too complicated. Like, especially if we're thinking about trying to bring new players in, it's much easier to just, like, say, hey, you can open a couple of decks, pick the one you want to play. Like, that's, like, way easier. Um, otherwise, you've got everyone sitting around a table, crowdsourcing everyone's input to be like, well, no, you should pair. And then it's just not really that fun for, for the person that that's happening to is o- overloaded with information mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah the,
1: my, my group's the same way you know like I, I run events for my local community as well and we have like somewhere between like five and ten and at the winds of exchange release event we had eight people there not a single one of them was like we should do sealed alliance everyone's just like let's just get a deck and play we've played sealed almost every week since then with at least four people and every single time we just play single deck and you know sometimes people don't even bring sleeves and it's just like how are you supposed to if you're just playing casually like you know not only do you have to buy two to three decks for sealed alliance but you also gotta pay more for sleeves and i mean if you didn't get in on that asmodee fire sale getting those sleeves for like 40 cents a pop (laughs)
2: i mean i don't know how i'd be able to afford sleeves personally oh man i should have bought more I just didn't expect I would go through them all already <laughs> in one year. Like, oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> Everybody else buying these decks and quick draws, like send the sleeves over. Send this me way. the sleeves. Bring the sleeves truck.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh right. yeah. Yeah. I still have
2: a bunch. I, I, I just so many. I remember at one time sleeving up a commander cube of like over. Fourteen hundred cards, and it cost mm-hmm. me like an arm and a leg to get sleeves yeah. for that thing. Well,
1: I, one of the first things I thought was I, I built a cube for a different game, and I was like, oh, I'm using all these KeyForge sleeves there. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say yeah, I, awesome. I got a bunch of the art ones, the KeyForge logo on the back, and I played at um, uh, an event that had a judge there, and he made me swap my sleeves out every time I made it. Like, so, he was like, "This one it needs replaced," and somebody uh. like. Do you have any that aren't this? I'm like, I whipped up like three more packs of them. I'm like, I, I got out of these. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna give you my dragon shield sleeves. I'm like, okay, nice. fine, nice. Uh, so, quality yeah. not the best, but they're great.
1: They're fine. Yeah, they get the job done for casual events for sure. Yeah. um mm-hmm. Okay, well. so. Sorry JT, do you have something else you wanted to bring up first?
0: No, I mean I was going to I don't know if I don't know about put a bow on this the section or or what, but like I I guess I'm I I'm trying. I'm trying, but I'm having a hard time seeing the well one like who's who's asking for the alliance and they're sealed. Um I'm having trouble seeing that and I'm having trouble also being like this is the sort of you know strategic motivation for doing it, right? It makes it harder to introduce new players. It, it kind of dilutes the like simplicity of the game as you're you know describing in an elevator to somebody um so I don't know I like I totally 1000 percent like get how it it would appeal to you as a player and maybe there are enough players like that who want to come from magic and like you're just gonna go gangbusters selling to that slice of folks who want a little bit of deck building but not go full full unique but I don't know uh, so that's interesting that's what that's what I was trying to get at and what I was hoping would like come out from the survey and I, I i'm not sure yet so that's interesting
2: i mean the one thing i will say that i like about alliance um is that the waste of cards doesn't feel as much like you are still using a hundred percent of that deck somewhere now it gets really muddy though um keyforge like single decks no wasted cards i have 500 decks not a single card wasted. I can whip out any deck and it's playable. Alliance all of a sudden, I've got twelve cards here, twelve cards here twenty four cards here i'm I'm getting piles of mismanaged things all around <laughs> my desk and area, and now I'm feeling like, oh no, I'm really getting into magic, which is what I wanted to leave behind in the first place so <laughs> that the the wasted cards also is something that I'm not really loving on. Um, hmm. Especially because when you think about like bringing it to a premiere event, you have to make sure that those cards are somehow still attached to the deck. I guess for some reason, not sure why, but um, it's it's something where like I I, I think we need to it, the same reason why they dumbed down the number of formats. I think this this group of a format is too much. I think for to grow the game.
1: I didn't I didn't think that um we'd have you on here this this evening Behawk and you'd be like admitting that you know maybe alliance isn't the right thing um but I will send your check as soon as I can thanks um, appreciate that <laughs> yeah
2: and I mean I I love playing alliance I yeah. think it's fun but I I do I do see the growing pains that it's caused for the game and I do see the potential um that is not being realized and the angst—it's just getting to me, man. I just don't like all the negativity.
1: I, I hear you, man. I, I, one thing I really appreciated about KeyForge when I got into it, when I got into the online community, I should say, is like the the community itself and the positivity and the you know optimism that surrounded this game in the community, and that's definitely eroded a bit the last year. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we came out of a pretty tough stretch. It's hard to say how you know what could have. Well, I I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like second guess too much, but I mean, hats off to the GG folks. They're doing an awful lot with a few
2: people. I for sure. They're doing a great job. Amazing job.
0: Um, I think they have a focus group of like twelve alliance fans, (laughs) and that's their focus group. You know, I mean, (laughs) if
2: you're sitting around in the office, I can just imagine be like, "Well, do you want to play Keyforge?" It's like, "Well, do we have to open another deck?" Well, what if we just mm-hmm. mash them together? You know, like you that go. seems easier than opening a new deck. I don't know.
1: Well, um, I also wanted to put a bow in the first section, but there was a few other things that I, I found from the data right before we started. I just want to go over mm-hmm. that quickly. So uh we talked about the the demographics and how there wasn't really like a major difference, but real quick, like we had sixty six of the responses out of ninety three came from North America. Uh, Those were, again, as we said, two to one in favor of traditional Sealed over Sealed Alliance. 57, uh, sorry, uh, 34 to 32 was Archon to Sealed. So like even in North America, that was Archon and traditional Sealed were about 50-50. Archon versus Alliance, 62 to four uh, in favor of Archon. So North America is strongly in favor of Archon. There was a theory that like with the French discord saying like they, they favored Alliance, like maybe that'd be different in Europe. And we look outside of North America and it was 24 to one archon over alliance and it was um still it was about actually it was 18 to 7 in favor of traditional sealed. so outside of north america was actually more in favor of traditional sealed over sealed alliance
2: uh i believe now i'm 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 just questioning the whole data set because i just i i remember hearing (laughs) maybe it was just a rumor that everyone in europe loved alliance i heard that too I yeah. know. I just. Uh, they didn't I mean, see our survey, apparently. I come in, fluxing in with like their triple legionary trainer scholar decks, like joining mm-hmm. the church. And I'm just like, okay, you guys are cool. And then <laughs> turns out it's not as popular. Maybe our data. I mean, one, it is a pretty small data set. It's not all encompassing. It it's right like it less is. than 100. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine that that represents all of Keyforge. We're not a monolith, blah, blah, blah. But. Fair. So sounds like
0: so. Let's say we're calling on. If you're listening, Alex uh, Fakir. I'm not sure how to pronounce the ha- the username. Get this to the French folks. Ashitaka, maybe I don't know. Get this out to the French folks. Make sure they're represented here. Um, I don't know, Yanni, the uh, Finnish. Am I saying that right? Make sure they're represented. No, uh, I might be. I might be fumbling on that one, Jan, But forgive me. And I think <laughs> yeah, we we tried to hit the uh the the Swedes, the Swedes in the Nordic server. Or where where many of them Mm -hmm. reside.
1: Um, Yeah, the last point um, was another demographic one. There were 62 players that responded to the survey that attended a premier event last year. 44 of those 62 started the game in Coda. So the people that are attending events are, you know, two thirds or so people that have been around this game for the long haul. And I think that should be noted as far as like, you know, who you're building this game for and who is still sticking around. You know, like. This is the diehard group
2: it is which i i was surprised to see like the sliver the sliver of woe being like bigger than the couple of sets before it of like in terms of respondents so that's like good to me that we're getting some like winds of exchange people like people that started with winds of exchange and i think winds of exchange is a really great set to start with like it's not as simple as coda coda was beautiful in its simplicity and 100%. it's just gotten more complicated since then. Winds of Exchange, maybe complicated. Winds of Exchange Alliance, maybe even more so, but it's so much fun. It is, like, <laughs> the the propensity of luck and, like, the big plays in Keyforge that I recall, like, of the coda of old with the big library access turns and the big bait-and-switch turns. I just feel like this was, like, what I was getting with Winds of Exchange again. And it felt really fresh, so... Um, I'm hoping more people discover this game because it's really great. I just don't know how to get to them. Where are these new players at? Mm, toads, toads,
0: my goats, as they
2: say. Uh, well, all right.
1: Let's let's shift over to part two. What you say?
0: Yeah, part two. There's there's no place to go except part two after part one. Let's do it. <laughs> it's
1: true. So I'll let you introduce this one, JT. You did a lot of the all the legwork, I should say. <laughs> um, well, it was. Together.
0: It was your idea initially, so I'll give you credit there for give me some work to do. I don't know. It was what I'm (laughs) good at. at. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, one of the one of the big uh, things that you hear folks espousing when they're talking about uh, steel alliance is that you know you're not going to get stuck with the dud. You know, you can make something that's going to be playable. The field's going to be closer because we're all making better decks, right? And we were we're kind of thinking, well, like. All right, we have some tools to quantify how good a deck is. Can we can we use some data and and get a sense for how how even the playing field is in a pick one of three say uh, sealed world versus a sealed alliance world? And uh, so so yeah, we we did that. We we went to DexKeep we went to uh, SAS and we pulled a bunch of decks. Um, now there are some. Some kind of peculiar, not peculiarities, but the things we should talk about in the process, right? So, we uh, we grabbed about five thousand decks, just because that's the max export you can do on DOK, and I wasn't wasn't feeling up to you know getting on Nova's Nova's bandless with a, a crawling the whole site <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, and so, so I grabbed those, and I grabbed a whole bunch of uh, Coda decks. Now, Coda, particularly because. Uh, one, there's nothing like enhancements or tokens that are going to mess with your house specific SAS or ARC scores, right? You look at a Winds of Exchange deck on Decks of Keyforge, you're going to see a clump of the SAS uh, clustered in the uh, token house, the house of the token, and kind of all of the credit for token making goes to that house. And that just wasn't something that we could work with at scale. Similarly, for things like mass mutation and even a little bit dark tidings, like uh, we didn't want to have to worry about where enhancements got placed and how that affected the relative house uh, strength, the the uh, strength of the pods across houses. Um, And lastly, you know, the set itself didn't really matter. What we needed was a way to kind of approximate a general Keyforge set and have numbers that we felt reasonably comfortable that described the relative strengths between houses, right? So it doesn't matter if we're talking about Logos or Equidon, all that matters is, you know, the gap between Logos and Untamed versus the gap between uh, Equidon and Unfathomable, say. And if those are reasonably consistent set over set. And lastly, you know, on top of all that, uh, I think SAS in general is most mature. I mean, I guess by definition with respect to Coda and probably SAS and ARC describe Coda better. This is my opinion uh than any other set largely due to the nature of the cards um the card pool and i I don't know i guess you could you could take issue with any of those points but i'm I'm gonna pause there oh i have one more one more uh (sighs) lastly i think as you get past the point when saz was introduced as a ranking mechanism uh, you'll start seeing folks uh importing decks into decks of Keyforge, maybe and more in order of what they think their strength will be and since we had to use import date as a way to kind of grab, um, you know, semi-random decks out of there, I didn't want that to be a thing that I worried about. It was kind of a minor thing, but like, hey, like that's part yeah. of it too.
1: You did your best to mitigate, you know, the, the bias and the, you know, skew this data is in any way possible. The only other things I want to add is that, like you said, the CODA scores are probably the most accurate. Um, they've had the most time to be refined. They're the simplest cards. Um, And they actually have a lot of OP data, which was a major factor in the the SAS and ARC scores. So there's a lot in its favor as like a good metric. And I just want us to say, like, we are using SAS and ARC as a stand in for deck strength. It is not perfect. We all know that. That's okay. And, you know, I fully acknowledge and understand better than anyone that a 70 SAS deck can beat an 80 SAS deck any day of the week. Not a big deal. So. There are some limitations with this, but it is a stand-in, and this is kind of using this to analyze and look at the power level of decks and discrepancy you would get in a sealed pool, whether that is traditional sealed or sealed alliance. So I think that's the only other preface that I had for this.
0: Totally. If you if you wanted to, you could run a similar experiment at home. Just use some random number generators to give you house values, and the benefit to us using you know uh, SAS from decks of key Forge is, well the distributions within each house kind of matches what you'd expect, uh, each house pod or, 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 or a house pod in the wild to, to look like. And similarly, the re- the relationship between the different uh, houses in the set kind of also gives us a little bit more of a realistic texture to those values. So yeah, if, if the Coda thing bothers you, just imagine, yeah, we use this to generate a model that kind of, gen- you know, matches or follows a generic keyforge set and just think of it as numbers that are, are gonna give you strength scores per pod,
2: if you like. Right. Yeah. Okay. What is so, this to do? What are, what are we doing with this data?
1: Let's talk about that. Let's get there. So drum roll JT has some fancy charts, graphs, statistics that we're gonna do our best to explain to the listeners. And uh, for the people that are watching, hopefully he pulls that up and we can all see that together here. Um so yeah. what we're trying to do here is really think about like when people talk about the benefits of sealed alliance over traditional sealed. One thing that is often said is they wanted to, uh, first of all, create player agency or increase player agency. But the second thing was that you, like you mentioned a little bit ago, that we don't want someone to go to a sealed event, open up a dud or three duds and feel like they lost. And so many times people attribute their loss in a sealed event to just, ah, why open bad decks? And I didn't have a chance. And so I think sealed alliance is, at least the perception, was intended to mitigate that factor of opening poor decks to give everyone a better chance. And we want to look at this data to actually look and see, like, does it really level the playing field like the perception was? And uh, what's the best way we can kind of, like, talk through these numbers for the listeners? So. I think I'll start by saying, like, if you look at just the SAs of the entire deck, obviously, if you open a single deck, you're going to have a lower average SAs than you will if you open uh, three decks. And that is when you're only evaluating the best deck that you get out of those. So again, this is trying to mimic a uh, a real sealed event where you are picking one deck or you're making one alliance and playing that. And you are doing it solely based on what is the maximum SAS that you can get. And if you open a single deck, your max SAS is going to be lower than if you open three decks, right? On average. And so that, that's a very easy three one. Three decks to and then
0: pick the best one. Yes. Three decks
1: and pick the best one. That's a very easy one to understand, easy to compare. And so when we throw Alliance into the mix, um, again, we do see a bump in your Saz in the deck that you can make if you are making your deck optimally. Uh, If you are choosing the three best pods of different houses by arc, then you will have a higher SAS deck than you would in traditional seal. So,
2: well, so just to kind of like visually explain this graph that I'm looking at, I see like kind of a bigger cluster of blue data, which is single deck and the like 62 to 64 SAS range or or arc range, whatever this mm -hmm. is, 62 to 64. It's like that big cluster. Maybe there's a standard deviation around that between like 56 and 68 or something. But like it's between that region 64, 68 is the middle. If I move over to one of three, suddenly I'm at like the 60, to 60, 68. Yep. 68. So like,
0: 68 was the average for the so one. So
2: that's like four to six points higher yeah, like mm-hmm. already. And that's just like I'm looking like middle, middle of the middle. And Mm -hmm. that's it's also kind of like looks like it's coned in shorter. Maybe that's my perception, but it Mm -hmm. looks like it's coned to a smaller range of values, tighter curve, if you will. Tighter curve, sure. I don't know standard deviation (laughs) speak. I didn't take stats. Uh, And then I look at alliance, and I see like a big jump from like the sixty-eight to like all of a sudden seventy-four-ish. Seventy four looks like a big peak and that's like eight points higher. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's pretty pretty big jump. Right. So so yeah. It, but but it also looks like it's way wider like that.
1: There you go. That so that's that's a good observation. So what you're seeing is that not only is the arc higher for Alliance, but the curve looks flatter, right? Yeah. And so with actually, what that's telling us is that there are some alliances you could make from a three deck steel pool that max out at a saz that is much lower than what other people are making right yeah and if i open up an alliance and i can make a 68 SAS deck and you open up an alliance and you can make a 78 SAS deck that's a fairly reasonably big difference not unwinnable by any means and this is a game of matchups so anything can happen but again this is a stand-in for deck strength uh the expectation, I think, with Alliance is that it would level the playing field. But this is the, like, the really fascinating thing that we found from this data is that the standard deviation is actually higher for Alliance when compared to traditional sealed, which means that it's not really leveling the playing field. It is increasing, it is increasing the deck strength, yes, but it's also flattening the curve in a way that it is allowing more people to get like, further away from that average than they could if they were playing traditional sealed. You mean less people, less people? Sorry,
2: less people getting away from the average, which means like fewer people will be lucky enough to open something that good.
1: No, uh, th- there are more strong decks in Alliance. Yeah, uh, and yeah. there are more people away from that average deck in sealed Alliance, which means mm-hmm. that you're having a wider discrepancy in deck strength. Yeah, and you're still having people that are like coming in below average, right? yeah and so you are actually making the problem worse if you thought that traditional sealed was deck dependent by making it sealed alliance a higher standard deviation, I think implies you are actually making that problem worse,
2: well, and I think also though their point of like well, you could always just pick a deck well all of a sudden, you're just lopping off eight to ten points just right off the bat, like yeah. almost immediately, like yeah. without even considering alliance you're at a disadvantage if you don't do alliance and you're just picking the best deck in your group.
0: Mm-hmm. And so to, to recap that though, uh, we're seeing these two curves. There's one for kind of pick one sealed, one for sealed alliance. And there's, yeah, about an eight point difference between the means of those curve those curves. So on average, right, if you walk into a sealed alliance event and say, yeah, I'm going to just pick a deck and run with it, you're kind of saying, exactly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept on average an eight point, let's call it. Uh, value difference in my prospects. Right. Uh, which is interesting, which is interesting. And yeah, quick trust point is also spot on. And this absolutely blew my mind. Cause like we, we ran this experiment and we were like, I think we're going to see stronger decks in Alliance. Like that's, that's directly provable. We didn't need to run any, any, uh, any, uh, experiments to show that, right. You can, you can, you know, write a, write a few maxes down on your paper and be like, yep, it's going to be bigger in the Alliance world than in the non-Alliance world what i also expected to but didn't see was i expected the alliance curve to be tighter right i expected uh much more decks to be clustered around uh a kind of a central mean and <clears throat> and you'd look at that and say okay gosh i guess the field is actually more level in alliance world and it it doesn't it doesn't look like that it actually looks like uh if anything if anything and we need to like yeah dig a little bit more into the, the relevance of a lot of these but uh, if anything it's a little bit flatter a little bit wider in the alliance world there's more of a spread between uh your expectation and deck value deck strength uh, in that setting and uh, you can interpret that a number of different ways if you're just thinking about this you know ignoring meta scores you know whether you not you're including a board uh a board wipe or not whether or not you're you know going for a big combo or not like if you're just thinking about the quality of cards in your deck then it appears from, from the results here that the sealed Alliance world is a better test of your ability to open quality cards than the pick one sealed world. Um, that was kind yeah. of an interesting point. I 1000% yeah. expected to be sitting here looking at and more even playing field on the Alliance side and asking ourselves like, okay, it's more even, but is the amount that it's more even enough to justify the loss of simplicity? Right. Uh, no.
1: Yeah. And just to put some extra numbers on this, so the standard deviations that you found with these five thousand decks. and again, like it's actually four thousand nine hundred and ninety eight, I think that you looked yes. at because of yes. having to get pools of three, right? To but, to make pools of three. yeah, and so that is using those pools of three to like to make these decks or pick your deck that you wanted. Um, the standard deviation for the traditional sealed was four point six in arc points. and it was five point zero six in alliance. So like, whether or not that is statistically significant, I, I'm not going to say it. it's it's ten percent higher though ten percent higher standard deviation for alliance let's just let's also like give alliance the benefit of the doubt here and just say like okay, let's just say that that's not statistically significant. let's say that that is a little bit overblown, let's say it's a bad sample size. let's just call them even, right like even if we get called these standard deviations roughly close enough to not really be statistically, statistically significant. Then there's so much overhead involved with this, the alliance part of this, and the purported benefit was the player agency and evening of the matches and the decks. And we're not seeing that at all. So, like,
2: ultimately, you want to have player skill. Be more involved in this process, right? So that means evening out deck strength in some way, yeah. and that's that's how
1: I always interpreted one of the goals and purposes of alliance. Now, the cloggin asked a good question, which is very—it's it, an astute observation. So, where does, <laughs> if at all, a a player the word players? Oh, no, that's not putting words in cloggin's Come on, <laughs> to know the cards slash memorize all of the things to be able to make the best out of their alliance deck candidates. So essentially. What I believe you're asking the clogging is, you know, we're assuming that a player makes a perfect decision with their alliance, right? And that's hard to do. Like, unless you have the decks all scanned, it's pretty difficult to be like, okay, like that's a 23 arc house, that's a 26, that's 27, that's my maximum I can do. That's hard to do, right? Uh, So, what we're seeing is that this agency that we all thought was like, let the players play the game and decide based on even decks, that agency of like in game decision making maybe is not what they meant, or maybe it's not what we're actually seeing. What we are seeing is that agency that's talked about with Alliance actually comes in the form of deck building and the skill that you have and being able to put together the right Alliance. And this goes back to like the first part of this, this show where we're talking about what kind of players we have and what preference they have. They're more of the traditional players from Coda. They're the diehards that still travel to events. And we're talking about, you know, creating this agency in the form of deck building from a bunch of players who got into Keyforge because they didn't have to deck build. So it, the agency is not what we expected, I think. My, my takeaway for this is that, yeah, Alliance adds <laughs> agency, but it adds agency in the form of deck building, not in the form of
2: playing the game. Sorry, Cluggin's comment just got me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that was good. Was good. No, I, yeah, totally. I I think we we introduced an element of deck building that is a skill testing thing, as we said before. Like it's that's that's true, hundred percent true. And if that's if that's what you wanted to add as a skill testing lever to the game, then that is a, that is a success, right? You can't you can't say otherwise. But in terms of did we level, did we give players the ability to level the or do we level the playing field for players or provide an opportunity for a more level playing field? I I don't think I'm seeing that here. And that's what I would like to be convinced of be, because I believe that is what folks most often hearken to or, or yeah. So yeah. I,
2: I would, I would compare this to like, okay, the ability to analyze a good deck hmm. is a summation of the ability to sum three houses. So like, if you can evaluate three houses independently, you can probably depend, like develop a sense of what deck is best. So then you do that three times. You're still doing it nine houses overall but sometimes you could just look at one deck see one house and be like this is the bonkers house this is like this is it this deck's the best like you don't even have to look at the rest of it you see like oh this has 16 pips two board wipes i'm good like you can just see that roughly on an archon card and call that hey this is the best deck but when you have to do that nine times for all the houses and then Think about cross house synergies. Yeah, there's a lot more complicated things you can do, but it's a it's a an evaluation skill that I feel like is predominantly untested for a lot of players. But like players that want to travel to these events and win will take the extra steps to learn these things. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's an it's an oh I I can win one at least one more game if I just learn how to do a a, a a mediocre skill that anybody can learn like i see the stats right here even if i have to just memorize them card by card this is a good card this is a bad card this house mm, it's an average looking house that's probably like what 20 that's a 20 20 20 20 that's 80 but then this is a bad house that's 12 so then you minus eight points okay so that's 72 so like there's a way of like just estimating
1: did you just say that 20 plus 20 plus 20 equals 80
2: sorry 60 uh but like you can just like you can look at your houses and you can, can kind of get a sense of like what is a mediocre deck mm-hmm. a mediocre deck is like 66 to 67 so 22 points per house is middle of the road and then it's like oh this deck is much better than the average house that or this house is also much better than the average house so then that like ticks it up to 70, 75 range. That's a way of like of roughly guesstimating houses and the overall deck strength. So just in that like three minute explanation, maybe you can take that to your next shield evaluation and do better. But like that it's it is a skill though, and it gets mm-hmm. better the more you do it. So um but it's also something where it's like why the same reason, what, what did we get rid of that we didn't want players to have to be better at? For them to have an advantage,
1: I feel I, like it I had something to do with. I can't remember m- it either. Memorizing,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's like it's at the tip of my tongue. It's something about the archon card, learning yeah. the cards in the deck. There's this two. So like they they got rid. Of- <laughs> yes, okay. They got rid of you having to memorize an archon list, right? Because they determined that memorizing this is not a memorization game. Right. So we're getting rid of skills in the game already that we are considering not keyforge skills. And now deck building is suddenly a keyforge skill in a game where there's no deck building. So I do see the uh I don't know, the the bad of this in general.
1: Yeah. That's that's a good point. Um I don't know what else to add to that. I mean I, I yeah, I I've I've had a local ship to my my lgs last week and um first time i'd ever met her she came back to keyforge she'd been playing for a while hasn't played uh for the last couple sets and we we told her about alliance and she's like oh well i started playing keyforge because i didn't want to deck build like and how many times have we all heard that like a lot yeah everyone has a story of someone saying that
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: hmm. yeah what happened man you're supposed to be the alliance champion uh... i love alliance <laughs> man
2: i'll play it yeah. Anyone want to play right now? I'll play Alliance. Maybe I actually just do got our, done with my hexad Alliance spreadsheet, which uh, pretty in depth.
0: All right. Right on. Yeah. But. I mean, I. it's interesting. I I would have gotten so excited about an Alliance side event at a Vault Tour. I've been like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna do it this one time. I'm gonna go deep. Um, but I I don't know. I have a tough. I just time don't think it's well placed as like
2: it. the premier event for KeyForge. I just mm-hmm. don't. I I think by and large, Sealed is a great event. One, it it. In a lot of players' minds it lever it just averages the playing field. It feels like I have a chance of doing well if I just open a good deck and just play Keyforge, right? Like and but also it's perceived because good players continuously place well at sealed events because they know how to play well no matter what they're given. So I think in that case, yeah, it does kind of help even out the playing field. And I think it's great for that. And I think it's, it's something that really is a part of Keyforge is being able to just open a deck and play it. It's like quintessential to the Keyforge message that we keep mm-hmm. it as part of like a premier event. So, I mean, as much of an advocate for Alliance as I am, when I saw that Sealed was not, I was more sad about that. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of why I'm kind of turning my back a little bit on it, mostly as a premier Voltour event. Interesting
1: bhawk i want to go back to something you said earlier um that i said we would get back to and you, you talked about how winds of exchange you felt was a good set for alliance and why is
2: that i think the token mechanism that Keyforge went with the design of the token it using your deck of it being unchangeable to the deck like you get a prospector deck it is tied to that deck but suddenly with alliance we know like with winds of exchange sometimes you can just open a bad token It can look like a great deck. I'm like, I see triple trainer. I see all these cards lining up, and then I look at the at the token, and I'm like, explorer. Wait, oh man, (laughs) like, or like some of these other tokens. I mean, I know in sealed it is fine. Like almost every token is at least usable. I just tend to try and find decks that don't make many tokens in those circumstances. But when you introduce alliance into Winds of Exchange, suddenly you can look at your three decks, you can see that triple trainer pod that's for some reason grouped with Explorer. And then you see your other deck has Scholar and it doesn't have any trainers. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The stars aligned, I've made a perfect deck. Like I was able to group the perfect pod with the perfect token for it. Or like Prospector with like Esquire and mass buyouts and closed doors, like all sorts of fun stuff you can do but sometimes you open decks, and it's like, this token just doesn't look like it goes with this deck. But when you look at three of them, suddenly it, it feels like you're able to have the agency. One, it's fixing the, key, the, the disparity of the Keyforge token in Winds of Exchange. Like, I feel like that's real. And it's like, it felt almost convenient. It's like, hey, we kind of know that some decks are ruined by, key, by, um, by the token. <laughs> let's introduce a format where that doesn't really matter as much. Like, that's kind of what it feels like with Alliance being pushed so strongly. And why, honestly, I love Alliance specifically for Winds of Exchange. Like, and especially when we got to, like, later in the season where, like, I already knew Winds of Exchange, I knew all the cards, I knew all the tokens, what it did. Suddenly crafting the best Alliance deck didn't seem so hard, especially when I knew, oh, I can just swap this token out for this one. Like, I think that's something where, like, that was really good and powerful but i see it being very short-lived i don't think it'll be as powerful for for grim reminders because i i don't think any other set will have that weakness and that disparity and and house choice
0: hmm. no i think i think you make a valid point i think it makes a lot more sense or i think it yeah i think that Woe sealed alliance benefits a lot from the allianceness of it totally hmm. totally um i'm also very interested too i think we could run this experiment again that we were we were talking about here with our um uh or showing on screen for the folks in here still um but with something like uh, uh worlds collide or 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 simulate larger house disparity right and you just say oh gosh i have to play robnar somewhere this is terrible um and i don't know i'm i'm curious about that because i think that that's another scenario where you'll you may in fact see a more even playing field uh with sealed alliance than with traditional sealed. Um and then it just becomes a, a question of like, okay, but do we want to see Sealed Alliance or Sealed becoming a game of archetypes and the top tables are all Saurian, Star Alliance X decks? And and then what is what does that mean? Are you okay with that sort of a thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of responsibility, I think, uh, from GG and future sets then to really balance it well, I think, when you have Alliance as a part of it. Otherwise, mm. you're just going to see a few houses never get used, especially in, in sealed Alliance. Like, you, your, your World's Collide example is a really good one, I think. If uh, Grim Reminders or Ember Skies have one or two houses that are duds, then I think it, it you know, I don't know. I, do you guys think that adversely affects Alliance more than so regular I, So, I
2: think, um, what, one thing, I think designing with Alliance's mind in mind is an awful idea. I think you should never do that because then suddenly you're catering to a norm which is obviously the least popular option in Keyforge. And so then you're going to be opening less powerful decks and in a game where sets are evergreen, that's a bad idea. You don't want to have another AOA or DT. Sorry. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Sorry. Hold on a second. You just don't you just don't want it. Bad for the game.
1: He stabbed <laughs> both of us
2: in one sentence. You just don't want it. I'm sorry. I'll call it out as I see it. I, you just don't want another set like that. So, yeah, I think no. I think you want to have you want to make sure that you're pushing the design forward for KeyForge. And if you're suddenly making compensations with Alliance in mind, then I think you're just steering down a path that I I think we can't really go back from.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting stuff, guys. I don't know. I think this has been it's been good. I uh, also want to wrap this up. Yeah. Got anything else you <laughs> want to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I hit
1: on everything that I wanted to. Um, I, I just, I really, I don't know. If I could make, I, I don't normally like use this as a soapbox, but I would really like Ghost Galaxy to, to think about this. Look at hard data. You know, it, it seems like a lot of the stuff that they've decided uh, the last year or so has been a lot of, anecdotal feedback where you know at a vault tour someone's like oh yeah sealed alliance is a lot of fun i love it it's been it's been great i'm happy to have sealed back and that they take that as like everybody likes sealed alliance i i just would implore them to try to dig a little bit deeper at what your players are asking for and what they want and how you're you know communicating out what you're doing and why it because it, that's where i feel like there's just been this huge disconnect is in the messaging like i've I've not been able to relate to a lot of the messages that have come out about why they've made the decisions. It doesn't seem to jive with my experiences, and so that's really all that i would I would say you know that's that's the last kind of word I want to have on that tonight
0: yeah i I echo that i think um uh this was uh to be honest, I was very excited to talk on this topic because I think it's important uh, it was also very I, I was i was worried i was uh you know. I think our our sort of mission in capital M mission uh, 70-ish episodes ago was like let's spread our enthusiasm for KeyForge. And I think this is a tough one because I, I'm not terribly enthusiastic about sealed lines. if again, if you enjoy it, that's awesome. like keep enjoying keep enjoying the game and, and spreading your enjoyment for the game too. Um, but I think it was also important to look at the numbers and see where see where folks are at and and uh, you know the the experiment we did as well getting at sort of what the playing fields look like uh, with these different, uh, different sealed formats is, is kind of important stuff that is worth talking through. Um, yeah, yeah, I All agree. Right. Uh, last thing, uh, big thanks to folks who kind of helped spot check some stuff, you know, the peer reviews as it were, uh, you know, uh, Murph, Orion, Zoc, uh, you know, kind of looked at some of the methodology and at least, were polite enough not to tell me to my face that they thought I was an idiot. And to the <laughs> professor, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Tobin Lopez over from, uh, uh, Warcaster Uh, he had, uh, 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 I used to say they had, uh, uh mentioned on an episode of theirs offhandedly something about stats. And it's like, okay, I'm going to bug this person about stats things. So thank you much for that. Um, all right. Uh, I think we could hear a word from our sponsors unless, uh, y'all had anything there. Quick one today it's, it's sloppy as well. Uh, this episode of Bottom of the Beaker is sponsored by Urchin's Itch Cream. It's for what's urchin you. Uh, thanks so much, Urchin's <laughs> Itch Cream. <laughs> uh, Bihak is right. right. not amused. <laughs> Biak, I was, I was, it was a busy day. I was driving home, and I was like, <laughs> I, don't know. I was like, I gotta come up with something.
2: Okay, I get it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, folks, I want to let you all know that bottom of the beaker is typically uh, recorded live right here at twitch.tv slash sloppy lab work Wednesday evenings at 930 Eastern. Um, you can find recordings of our past shows and other streams over at youtube.com search for at sloppy lab work over there. And for the very best content, uh, 34? Uh, no, no, no. 57 times distilled sealed and scraped from the bottom of the beaker. Search for that very phrase. In you're a podcatcher of choice. And we'll be there whether or not you want to play three-deck Sealed or Seal Alliance. We'll be there. Maybe some grumbles. I don't know. No, no grumbles. We'll be having, we're having good times. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for jumping in, b This was a pleasure to have you uh, have you hop in there, too.
2: Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Well, the Appreciate door is open, always. you know. It clo- is. It's
0: never a closed-door negotiation. It's an open-door negotiation, my guy. Uh, and quick draw. any words for the folks getting off of the last audio yeah. stop?
1: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in tonight. I had a lot of fun. Hope you did, too. And stay sloppy out there.